We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. intro and podcasting baby what is going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the vm nba show another playoff edition i'm your host nick the lamb here my guy impy this is gonna be i'm coining this the flu pod imp (laughs) young veterans is a little under the weather but he's here like the soldier that he is The, the kid is congested i'm not feeling too hot i didn't go to work on monday but we're here we're ready playoff basketball is in full swing and i'm pumped to chat hoops man Let's do it. Let's do it. We have a lot to get to. We got a couple of fun activities to touch on as well. But before we do, let's just get the plugs out the way. Yep. If you guys want to support the show, there's some extra content on patreon.com slash veterans minimum. We do a lot of fun stuff on there. There's a Discord server where it was pumping today, Imp. I don't know if you yep. call it Champions League. I know this is a soccer show, uh, basketball show, but Champions League was popping today and we were getting lit in there. The soccer chat was lit? Yeah, it was. It, tis lit. As nice. the young kids say. Uh, so definitely check out <coughs> Patreon. Show us some love there. Any little bit helps, and it's definitely worth it, if I must say so myself. As far as I go, you can find me at The Lamb Show on all social media outlets. MP, where can they find you? I-M-P-Y-718. You already know Twitter and Instagram. And at Veterans Minimum is the Twitter and the Instagram for the show. Yep. All right. There's a lot to get to. I want to get the plugs out the way first before we dive in. Imp, overall... Thoughts on everyone's pretty much played two games. Now, granted, we're recording prior to the Wednesday slate of games, so it's actually game two. There are a couple games who's left. There we go. Thank you, Abby, for the assist. So we have game two in Milwaukee, Boston, and the Rockets. All three home teams are up 1-0. We'll touch on those series. So just depending on when you guys listen to this, that's where we're at. It is 7 o'clock. Eastern time, Wednesday, the games are tipping off in a little bit. So, and, overall... And, and really quickly, sorry to cut you off, but the good thing about those games are, in my opinion, those are probably going to be over pretty soon. Um, not to you know dive too deep, but uh, I think the Celtics are going to take care of business with the Pacers, and I think the Bucks are going to um, handle the uh, Pistons pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, of, of, of some of those batch of games, like, I'm not really worried. Um, so, you know, th- some of the more interesting series have gone two games, and, and, and that's what I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, there are uh, there are definitely some interesting turn of events that have played out in these first couple of games and a couple of overreactions we might get to in a little bit. But, Imp, where do you want to start off with, man? What, do you, what are you let's, thinking? Let's just start 1-8. Let's, 
one eight um Clippers and Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors. Um uh you know, if you guys, you know, were living under a rock, um, you missed the greatest comeback in NBA uh, playoff history, if I'm not mistaken. Um Landry Shamet, um Shamet, excuse me, um big game winning three against Golden State. Uh and the Clippers came back from what is it, thirty one points. Um and so, look, man, that's what happens when you, you know, take your foot off the gas. And the war and the Warriors are known to do that a bit. Um, when they get big leads, they tend to play sloppy. You know, they tend to play sloppy a bit. Um, and yo, and Nick, you know what's funny is, um, Warriors at one point or up thirty-one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, Clippers cut it to twenty-seven, and Steve Kerr calls a timeout. Now, you typically don't see a coach call a timeout you know, with the 27 point lead, but the Clippers are known um, for making big comebacks. I think um, in the regular season, they came back from 28 uh, and 25. Um, and Doc Rivers as a coach himself has actually three comebacks of over uh, 20 plus points. Um, so look, man, it's, it's credit to Doc Rivers and those guys, uh, a bunch of castoffs and sendaways and young kids. Um, and, and they're making a fun series out of it. Look, you know, will they win another game? Maybe, maybe not, but you know, if they can get it to two, two or three, two, that could be interesting. So, so you bring up a good point because the Warriors, I don't remember a team that builds leads the way they do. It's fast. So fast. So fast. And they do let, I mean, there's countless games where, you know, the big four don't even see the fourth quarter. Yeah. So this is something that they've done. Now, look, you would think in the playoffs, it's a little different. Um 31 points. Dude, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. That's a lot to come back from. And lost in all this, I feel like, you know, Boogie's out for the rest of the playoffs. He tore his yeah. quad. Yeah. And is that, a, is that a big loss? How do you feel about Boogie going down? Because I do think the last, like, six weeks he started playing better with them. But they did look slow with him out there. I think I think if you, wanna, if you were to ask me the question of can they win without him, the answer is yes. But are they better without him? I, I, I personally, I would say no. Um, but without a doubt, this is why you bring in a guy like Andrew Bogut, you know, as insurance. Mm-hmm. He's been on that team before. He knows how to operate within the offense. Um, a lot of the guy, a lot of this, a lot of the guys are there from when Bogut with Bogut's run. Obviously, your Clay's, your Draymonds, your Stephs, your Igudalas. Um, I'm not sure if some of the young cats were there at the time, um, but. That's why you bring a guy like Bogut in because he's been there and and look he's not going to be the you know the same type of you know guy on offense that Boogie will because Boogie can stretch the floor he'll still bang down low grabs and you know grab some boards and play defense so look you have Andrew Bogut he's nowhere near the you know nowhere near as talented as as Demarcus Cousins but that's why you bring a guy like Boogie in I mean uh, like Bogut in yeah and I'm I'm looking at the box score here you know it's not like the they they shot forty percent from three did the Warriors. You know, that's, I mean, their season average is 43, so it's not like they shot well under. I mean, the the Clippers shot 45% from three. And here's the thing, man, and I tweeted this out. You know, this isn't a knock on the NBA. This is just facts. Nowadays, and, you know, it spills into pretty much every series so far through the first one or two games. Dog, if you hit your threes, you can erase 20-point leads, and you can climb Snag. out of 20-point. Like... If you hit threes, I feel like you could tell how a game's going to go based on the first quarter if he, if the threes are falling down. Yeah. And and look, that's the name of the Warriors game is is, is scoring fast, scoring quick, uh hitting a lot of three-pointers, but look man, the Clippers have playing have been playing a lot of solid defense and it's 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 uh remember the Warriors uh, a couple of years ago before Durant got there, I think their motto was like strength in numbers or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's funny because that's exactly what the Clippers game is, strength in numbers. Um you know, Beverly's kind of like the heart and soul, right? Um, Boban, uh, uh, sorry, not Boban. Um, uh, she's uh, Montrez Harrell's killing now. Yeah, um, there's just a lot. There's just a lot of guys that are doing a lot, and 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 like I said, it's um, it's the strength and numbers thing. It, it's a uh, we are many rather than we are one, and and it's interesting. They're making it a fun series. Yeah, and you know, shout out to Lou Will, <laughs> dude. So. He's had a really strange career, and uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons, and he brought up a good point how, like, you know, this guy, he's been in the league for, I believe it's 12 years he's been in the league, and, you know, he's really bounced around. I forgot he was on the Rockets recently. You know, he was on the Rockets two years ago, and he was a guy that I thought could put him over the top as that slasher, six-man guy in which he's, you know, that's his that's his shit there. But, you know, 13 to 22 from the field, 36 points, 
really carried them. And, yo, you look at what really got them back into that game. It was Shamit, like you mentioned. It was Lou Will. It was Montrez Harrell with 25 points, 10 yep. rebounds. It's guys that, like you said, man, it's a lot of cast-offs. Cast-offs and send-aways and young guys. And um, it's it, it's really interesting, man, because uh, – Guys like Montrez Harrell were kind of like afterthoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and like Lou Williams, and I think Jamal Crawford said it the other day in an interview. He's like, he's like, guys like Lou Williams and, and and me myself should be considered for the Hall of Fame because we kind of accept that role of being the sixth man, and we're still putting up twenty points a game. Like, not everybody can do that. And although it may be a stretch for the Hall of Fame, I definitely think these six men um, deserve more credit. And last thing on that is just like I think you said it. It doesn't really matter who starts the game, but it matters who ends it. And and that's exactly what and that's Lou Williams. That's what he does. Yeah, I got a tweet from a fan of ours, and he he mentioned that too. He's like, "Yo, if all that matters is, and even Damian Lillard, we'll get to him in a little bit. He mentioned how in the All Star game, he was out there in the final four minutes of the game. You yeah. know, in the All Star game, it gets really competitive amongst those guys, and he didn't start the game, but that's really what you need at the end. It's like, yo, I want to be out there when the game matters most. And Lou Will has made a career of that man. He's a, he's definitely a closer, and I feel like he often gets disrespected because he is a six man. You know, it was from uh. Bick, uh, Bioli underscore Nick. I definitely butchered that. He goes, always hear Lamb Show say it doesn't matter who starts the game. All that matters is who ends it. That man is Lou Williams. See, sheesh. And, yeah, it was very impressive what he did there. Yeah. He was killing on the Raptors back in the day, too, back in the day, a couple years ago. Um, Yeah, that's really when he came in. You know, Drake had a uh, shout-out him out on a song, too. Six man like Lou Will. So. you go mainstream. That's where he went mainstream. Yeah, Drake put him over. All right, yo, last thing on this this series – like, do we overreact? No, the, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Golden State wins uh, three in a row. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, that that's how I feel too. I just think it's one of those games where it's just like, just it was just a weird game. Like that's yeah, that, that 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 was their NBA Finals. Like that was their that was their mountaintop. That was their that was their peak. Yeah. Season, you know, like no one like it's crazy when they traded Tobias Harris. Um, supposedly there was a there was like a meeting with Doc Rivers and the rest of the guys or or more of the leaders. And they're like, you are you guys giving up? And he's like, hell no, I'm not giving up. We're going to make the playoffs. Uh, and so, like, honestly, I'm, I am keep saying Doc Rivers his name, but he just doesn't get enough credit. He's one of the best coaches in the league, hands down. Um, and then, you know, kind of showed you why. Let's move on over to another series that uh similar to what we were talking about before, right? This Nuggets and Spurs series, man. If you hit your threes, Imp, you could climb out, you could climb out of deficits, right? The Nuggets, I was watching that game because uh, made a financial investment. Hey. You know, we had the Nuggets minus seven. Um, I'm watching that game, and dude, they're down 19 points in the third quarter. Yeah. And it's like any time they were trying to climb back, you know, someone would hit a three where there was like Bellinelli or Forbes, or Mertens, and it's like they just couldn't get over the hump. And then typical Nuggets basketball, right? They do it with guys like Morris and Beasley come in and just like, you know, five, um, sorry, two or four from from three was Beasley. He he really hit like uh, two straight threes back-to-back when they back needed it. Um, you know, it, it, it's just they were doing it with these guys and Jamal Murray, right, and – I'm going to ask you this question, Imp, and tell me who would be the guy for you. I went to Twitter, and I was like, yo, I can never figure him out, right? I feel like everyone listening to this show, and send us tweets at Veterans Minimum. Tell me who this guy is for you in the NBA. I've watched the Nuggets about 15 to 20 times. I think I try my best as someone that has league pass to watch every team about 10 to 15 times, at least, like, keep an eye on it. Yo, every time I watch the Nuggets, I can't figure out Jamal Murray. Like, I, I don't know if... I don't know what it is. There's times I watch him. I'm like, yo, he's a max. He's a max player. Yeah. And then there's other times I'm like, damn, I feel bad if the Nuggets have to give him a max. And last night really justified that take. Yo, he was 0 of 9 from the field in the first three quarters and couldn't miss in the fourth quarter. And then he goes 8 of 9 from the field in the fourth quarter, 21 points. Um, He missed the last shot he took. He missed the last shot he took. And he made the first eight or, or the last eight or the first eight of the nine in the fourth. Uh, and it's funny. It's like this – he him hitting all of those shots in the fourth quarter uh, kind of justifies why he took those shots uh, through the you know the first couple quarters. Um, yeah, 19-point comeback for the Nuggets. Um, what I find really interesting about this series is uh, the, the rosters are very – you know, not very different, but the difference is 
a lot of the the big the big guns on the Spurs have tons of playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Marcus Aldridge, Demar Derozan. Um, in relation to guys on the Denver Nuggets who are kind of you know I like to call playoff babies. They've never been here before. Um, and so I kind of wonder how much that's going to factor into the rest of the series because, you know, you go back a week, everyone's saying, oh, Nuggets in five, Nuggets in six, maybe Nuggets in five, Nuggets in six. And now I wouldn't be surprised if you had some people saying Spurs, Spurs. So um, it's just interesting to see how the playoff experience is going to factor into the rest of the series. I mean, off the top, the only guy I know for a fact has playoff experience. I'd have to check what Will Barton's history is, but it's Paul Mosap with the Hawks. Yeah, that's you know, probably and- the only one. And one of the reasons why you were ultra bullish on the Nuggets this year was because of Paul Millsap, and he's coming off a 20-7 and seven game, uh, really couldn't be stopped. Like, yeah. he was able to get mismatches on, like, DeRozan, uh, Mertens. He even switched off on Forbes a couple times. And, you know, they they checked out of that whenever Aldridge was on him. And Aldridge, he's, you know, he's kind of drawing dead anytime he draws uh, Jokic. You know, Jokic, 21-13, and 13, um, eight assists also. I think triple-double the first game. A small triple-double, but nonetheless a triple-double. But going back to the Jamal Murray thing, man, can you think of anyone off the top that, like, you watch him and you're like, yo, I can't figure this guy out when I watch him? I mean, I hate to say this, but it's a guy like Russell Westbrook. And and, and don't get me wrong, he's a great, but at the same time, he just – he. You know he, you know he puts on some head scratching performances at times, but we've seen him be absolutely sensational and 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 out of this world great. So it's hard for me to even say this, but at the same time, you know he, you know there are rust games and rust quarters where, you know he's 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 shooting blind and and you know he he takes you know he's inefficient at times and you know he's obviously not the greatest three point shooter at all, and so. You know, Russ is great, you know, kind of going back to what I said at the start. Russ is great, but, you know, he, he does tend to, you know, have some head scratchers. And that's the only person that I can think of off the top of my head, to be honest. I mean, that's a fantastic segue. Ladies and gentlemen, we did not plan that. We're just really, really good at what we do. Uh, I'm a little shocked by this series, man. Portland yeah. coming off a 20-point blowout win of the Thunder in Game 2. Now they're going back to Oklahoma City Thursday night. Uh I want to talk a little bit about the betting in, in one second, but Westbrook, right? Five of 20 from the field, one of six from three, uh, 14 points, minus 27 plus minus. I don't really hold much weight to that, but then when you look at the guy he was matched up against, Damian Lillard, plus 27. Dude, we're going to talk about Damian Lillard probably later on in the show, but um, I mean, dude, Russell Westbrook's record in his last 16 playoff games, you know what it is? Three and 13. I was going to say, I know that they won one one game against the Rockets the year he won MVP and then they won two games last year against the Jazz but yeah it's 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 not a great playoff record um and so look the Thunder have a a, a serious issue putting four quality quarters together it's not only an issue now in the playoffs but it's been an issue for the entire regular season and now they're dealing with it um and it's 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 not pretty dude really quickly just to go back to game one i'm the one of the biggest ns cancer haters and he looked dominant in game one for all the shit that people give him on the defensive side of the ball he was super solid um and look you already know what he's going to give you on offense he's going to be uh you know a brute force down low he's going to be alive for every single offensive rebound if you miss a shot there's a good chance NS Cantor will be in position to potentially grab that board. Um, and so we all know about what he can do on the offensive side, but it's, it's, it's where he lacks on defenses is always that kind of red flag. And them losing Nurkic was huge, but, you know, he kind of showed you in game one that, you know, he could kind of be a serviceable piece for them. And I was kind of impressed when he did on defense in game one. Um, Damian Lillard, logo Lillard now. Um, that's, yeah, like kind that. of, that's official that, you know, I, I've been hearing that on TV. Uh, nine of nineteen from three, um, and the OKC Thunder through two games, ten of uh, ten of sixty one from three. Mm. So, uh, and how many of those nine of nineteens is Russ? Uh, is Russ? Is uh, is is Dame hitting from like a couple feet behind the three point line where they're not even manning up and they're guarding him? So, just super impressed with Damian Lillard. Uh, it's it's and and CJ's obviously balling. Um, but yeah, it's just really impressed with Portland. They're tired of getting swept. They got swept last year and they remember it. Um, and so, you know, and, and they talk about it all the time. And so, you know, I'm just really impressed with this Portland team. Yeah, let me tell you something about Damian Lillard. He's he's probably my favorite basketball in the league, uh, basketball player in the league for a while now. And he got bars. Like he's a dope rapper too. Yeah. Um, all right. He's not the megastar that he should be because he plays in Portland. No offense to any Portland people out there right now. Uh, the good state, Oregon. Uh, 
but it's it's one of those things where a big market yo imagine if he was doing this shit with the knicks all these years no crazy he's a top he's easily a top 10 player in the league i feel like and one of the reasons why he gets snubbed is because he's not as popular as some other players because of the market he plays in look he's an all-star anytime he's not an all-star he's a snub he's been an all-nba guy yo there's a roadmap for the blazers to get to the western conference finals yeah right the nuggets don't seem as untouchable it seems like McCollum and Dame, you know, they're coming off a 62-point performance. We've said in the past how as they go, the Blazers go. But if they could get, you know, double figures from a guy like Harkless, if they could get, look, he's not going to get 21 and 18, whatever that shit was that he did the other night in game one and his canter. But if you get something from him there too, you're getting a Rodney Hood uh, analytics legend. You know, everyone likes Rodney yeah. Hood from his time with uh, Utah Jazz. Um, Seth Curry, you're getting like little contributions from everyone. And if that, this could be a takeover, man, for Damian Lillard. And it might put him on the map, yo. I really think that the Blazers have a roadmap of getting to the, the Western Conference Finals. With that being yeah. said, is it a wrap, though, this series nope. from what you've seen? Nope. I still think OKC can win both and, and, and bring the series back 2 2, without a doubt. And, th- and that's just, and that's just a credit to kind of, the warrior mentality that Russ has. Granted, I just went on the record and said he's three and thirteen his last sixteen in the playoffs. But um, I personally think there's something wrong with Paul George's shoulder, man. That's what I was gonna say. I think that's the biggest X factor in this series. Yeah, because he's he's not the same. And look, it, it goes to show you how you know he shot eleven of twenty from the field. Like he had a pretty, he had a good game. You know, twenty seven and eight. But it's just it's he just doesn't seem right. He's not as slash. He's not slashing as he was during the regular season. Um, Steven Adams had a good game too, but I think, I think Russ, yo, Russ just goes guns blazing all the time. And that's a, that's a gift and a curse. You know, he shoots yeah. his team out of games all the time. With that being said, a little betting tidbit, the thunder, depending on how these games go on Wednesday, imp, are in my favorite spot to target betting wise. Down 0-2 coming back home. Coming back home. So interesting little tidbit. Uh, we're going to say this segment is sponsored by the good folks at Degeneration Bets. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so the line on this game, ladies and gentlemen, game three, is a seven-and-a-half-point line. That is the full line, game three, Friday night. Imp, Who's what do you know about betting? Who's the favorite? Uh, the, the Thunder are. From what you know about betting, what should the first half line of this game be if the line is seven-and-a-half? should probably be around maybe three-and-a-half or something like that, four, three-and-a-half. It's five. Yeah, they know better. They know better because this is a this is a trend that has covered about seventy three percent of the time in the last five years. When a team is down 0-2, they give it their all that first half. The crowd is behind it. There's still optimism in the se- in the series to get through it. So it is a spot that I am financially invested in. Hint hint on Friday. With that being said though, Imp, I do think it's a wrap. That's cool. I do think it's a wrap. I think Dame is on another level right now. He's playing probably the best basketball of his career. Uh, don't forget, he's a guy that if he – we have him on our All-NBA team, so he's going to be eligible for, for the Supermax, uh, and he deserves it. He definitely deserves it. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what happens this weekend in this series. All right, let's go to another series where it's currently 1-0 in favor of the Houston Rockets, the Rockets against the Utah Jazz. Uh, what were your thoughts on this opening series, man? I mean – so, you know, everyone's talking about how the Jazz were, you know, defending James Harden with that weird style of defense. And I, I just don't really get it. They're an elite defensive team, and I can call them a trick or whatever you want to call them. But the truth is, uh, if you look at the numbers, they were the best uh, team defensively uh, against Houston in the entire regular season. So it's just a little strange to me to kind of try to go with something a little different. Granted, you know, th- this was their scheme. It, they planned. It didn't really work out. I'm sure they're going to hit the drawing board and try something different. But it was just a little weird to me because, like I said, they, they, they were the most, again, you know, according to statistics, they were the best, you know, team defensively. So it was strange. And the truth is the offense needs to get going too with Utah because right now it, they look kind of out of whack and, you can give credit to Houston if you want, but at the end of the day, I think Utah needs to just kind of step it up on offense a bit. Um, you know, Joe Ingles and the boys need to do a little bit, do a little bit more. Yeah, I have some hot takes with this. So, I agree with what you're saying. They do need to step up. It was weird how they were playing him defensively. It looked like Ricky Rubio was behind them on that one play that went viral. Yeah. Like, he was on his left-handed side. Remember, James Harden is a lefty, and he was on, like, his hip. It was so weird. It's like, yo, you're giving probably the best 
uh, driving dish guy in the whole league of a clear path to the lane. I don't care how good Rudy Gobert is. You get him to misstep one or one or two ways, uh, take one step up out of the paint. It just opens it up and it's lob city pretty much, you know, like, yo, one thing about this Rockets team, everyone knows their role. Like the rock said, know your yep. role and shut your mouth. Right. Chris Paul knows that he's Robin. Harden is going to distribute and do everything there. Paul just needs to pick up Harden when he goes on those slumps, which, you know, he's a shooter. He shot 26 times from the field, right? Eric Gordon knows he's a starter, six-man kind of guy. Capella, pick and roll, pick and slash. Fareed off the bench, same shit, right? Austin Rivers, you're probably going to play crunch time defensive minutes against one of the better guards in the league, like a Donovan Mitchell and et cetera. And it's like, yo, everyone knows their role on this team. I don't know if I've mentioned it to you on the podcast or – you know, just like in text or whatever in conversation. I feel like this Rockets team is better than the team last year. Uh, I mean, that's definitely your opinion, and, and, and you're entitled to your opinion, man. There's so no. It's, I, if you go by addition and subtraction, right? It's it's a two for two. Kenneth Farid and Austin Rivers, I think, is an upgrade both sides of the ball from Boa Mute and Ariza. Especially what Fareed has been doing offensively. And yo, Shady, this dude house. Who who people terrible. had who, pe- who people had no idea who he was early on. Like when all the injuries and the suspensions were happening early in the season, House came up and and and, 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 and it turned into this like, yo, who are these kind of cast offs and, and, and send offs uh that, that are you know that are on the Houston Rockets roster and, and they turned it around. Um but look in game one uh, Jay Crowder goes one of nine. Cephalosha goes one of six. Royce O'Neal goes one of five. Ingles goes one of four. Like, I think Utah's going to shoot better, you know. But sure, um, yeah, and, and 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 that's kind of a given. But really quickly, you know, James Harden had you know every, for everyone that wants to talk about James Harden's twenty nine points, he took twenty six shots. Yeah, you, you know, so it just you know, I kind of want to call that you know, I kind of want to call that out and, and 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 you know, bring that to everyone's attention. Um. Because that is a lot of shots, and if you if you're to hold, you know, if you're to hold, um, a guy like James Harden to 29 points on 26 shots, you know, it could be worse. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and strangely, strangely enough, he only went to the line three times, so it's not like you know he's he averaged. I remember they showed the graphic. He averaged like 10.6, let's say 11 trips to the line a night. You know, so. It's weird, but I just think that that's what the Rockets do, man. And a lot of people are not happy with the style of basketball that they play. But look, this is what's gotten them there. And he carried the load for them. This, this, this like iso ball kind of space and dish kind of offense. And yo, going back to like Daniel House Jr. and Fareed and Austin Rivers, like, yo, dog, all these guys could have been had at the trade deadline. Everyone could have been had and for cheap, right? I don't know exactly what they paid to get Austin Rivers here, but. Still, like uh, this is just I, a Daryl Morey special. I, he does this shit all the time. And and like I said, and I and I said it earlier in the season. Like credit to Daryl Morey for doing this with literally no cap flexibility. Like they're they're kind of up to the up to the. You know, I don't even know what term to use, but Harden's getting tons of money. Capella's getting tons of money. Chris Paul's getting tons of money. So they're very bootstrapped on cash, and they're and 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 the way their salary cap looks. Like you said, it, it it's a Morey special here, kind of. You know, you know, bringing some guys together, you know, late in the season, middle of the season, and and they're looking, you know, they're looking pretty damn good. Before we get into the Eastern Conference, man, I want to stay with the Rockets a little bit because I'm watching this game, right? They won by 22, but I'm watching Chris Paul, and I'm thinking to myself, Imp, what are some of the biggest what ifs in the last five years in the NBA? And what I mean by that is, you know, I was very outspoken on the Rockets last year, like, yo, man. If you watch the games, they're really freaking good. They're a really good team. I think they could beat the Warriors, and they had them back against the ropes. They win game five in Houston. They had home court advantage. He pulls his hamstring. Tuck yourself in bedtime. And with all that being said, they hit that 0 for 27 slump from three. In game four. In game seven. In game seven, right? So that's a what if, right? Like what if Chris Paul didn't get hurt? So I have four over here, Imp. I want you to pick. Pick one. What's your ultimate NBA what if of the last five years? You ready? Yep, yep. All right. Draymond Green's suspension for game five. Remember, he kicked LeBron uh, in the nuts in game four. I mean, you can read off the rest of them, but that's mine. Oh, already. 
Feel free to read the rest if you want, but I can tell you why that's important to me. Okay, okay. So we got Draymond's suspension for Game 5. We got Chris Paul's injury in the Western Conference Finals. Kyrie, a lot of people forget, the first year the Cavs and the Warriors went, this is prior to Kevin Durant, Yeah, he blew, like, I think he broke a bone in his kneecap. It was his kneecap. Yeah, and Kevin Love also hurt his hurt his arm that that playoff so earlier was, against yeah. Olenek, uh, Olenek and, and the Celtics, and that was that was when like the Cavs were up two one on the Warriors, and like Deladova had to get rushed to the ER because he never played that much basketball. Yep. And then it's Clay Thompson's game six against the Thunder. Ooh. You lead us off. You already gave away yours. Draymond Green suspension for game five. Why is that? All right. So everyone knows, or if you don't know. Draymond Green gets suspended. Cavaliers win the next game, and they wind up winning the series. Um, after Golden State loses that NBA Finals, you know LeBron finally brings one to Cleveland, and the rumors are Draymond Green was in the parking lot calling Kevin Durant to get his ass to Golden State because Kevin Durant was a free agent that summer. And so I'm just so very interested to know, you know, what would have happened if Cleveland never would have won that championship. If Golden State would have just went on the streak, you know, does Kevin Durant even become a Golden State Warrior? Because he's kind of shaping the layout of the NBA right now. Um, you know, his impending free agency is really important as well, and it's going to be, you know, everyone has their, you know, everyone's going to have their their ears and their eyes glued. But I just feel like that Draymond Green suspension kind of was a domino uh, for KD arriving there, and and who knows, maybe LeBron doesn't leave Cleveland, like, or, may, or may, maybe he stays to finally get one, like. Because he wouldn't have won one then. It's so it, it's so fascinating. So if you ask me, it's the Draymond uh, uh, getting suspended for the kick. You know what's crazy? Mine has to do with the same team, same season, same Ooh. scenario. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's Clay Thompson's game six. Yeah. The the Warriors are down three one in the series. They win game five in Oracle. They go to game six in Oklahoma City, and they kind of like it was a kind of like. Watching that game five, I remember because I also had money on the Thunder that year. I remember I had the Thunder, bro, at 18-1 to one to win the finals. Because remember, this was the 73-win um, yeah. Warriors yeah. team. And also, uh, don't hold it against me, folks, but I think I want to say the Spurs also won like 60 games that year. Right? Let me just fact check that while we're over here. Um, so they're over there. Yeah, 61 games the Spurs have won. Right, so they had a, a fantastic season, also. So the Thunder beat the Spurs, right? Convincingly, they go on to the Western Conference Finals. They're up three-one. They lose Game Five in Oracle. And, and watching that game, it was like, ah, you know what? We'll get them back home. We'll celebrate with the home crowd. We're going to the NBA Finals. And that was one of those things where me personally, I was watching. I'm like, yo, whoever comes out the Western Conference, that's gonna be the NBA champion. Yeah. Right. All right. Clay Thompson goes, and I've mentioned it many, many times. He goes absolutely bananas in that game. I believe he had like 11 threes. Um, and then they win game six. Then they go back game seven. They win that. And then the rest is history. They end up losing the series pretty much. Now I'm just reiterating what you said. You know, it's funny how we pick one thing that really ultimately it brought Kevin Durant to the Warriors. And that's the biggest yeah. what if, because if KD wins with the Thunder, I don't think he can up and leave. Not at all. Without a doubt. I can't think of anyone that won a championship and then left. I'm with you. So, Yours is even a bigger domino before mine, it, but essentially they're just two dominoes back to back. It both led to Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. Yeah, and so it's funny because now you know, you know, 2019, and he's a free agent again. It's it's just really interesting. So damn, and I just really wonder if that parking lot phone call really happened because you know it's easy to kind of you know stir up controversy, but I wonder if he called them no lie from the parking lot. That would be interesting. All right. Let us know, guys, at Veterans Minimum, who you who you think was a bigger what if. And if you have one that we didn't mention, you know, we mentioned four. If you have one that you think was more impactful, um, tell us about it. Eastern Conference Imp, Milwaukee Bucks up 1-0 on the Detroit Pistons. I don't know what, what to say about this one, really, man. Blake, I, Blake got ruled out. He didn't play. It was kind of blankets from then. Yeah, uh, they I won mean, by like what thirty five, I think thirty four. Yeah, this went crazy. That's really my analysis. I, I I really don't want to spend too much time about on this. You know, it would be great if Blake was one hundred percent healthy because, in my opinion, he's an All NBA player this year. Um, granted, I don't think they'd be able to even hold you know the Milwaukee Bucks jock strap, but nonetheless, it would be cool to kind of see them maybe steal a game or two if Blake is healthy. 
but I don't think that's the case. I don't really sp- want to spend too much time on this because it could be, you know, we get the brooms out, right? Yeah, it could be. You know, as we're recording right now, this game is about to tip off, but per Roto World, Blake is out yeah. again tonight. So, so, it's, so it's, it might be a lot of the same of game one. Yeah, I would have loved to see Kemba in the playoffs if that was the case. Yeah, that would have been fun because Kemba, I feel like he he steps up for moments like that. Like Kemba wouldn't be the reason. Kemba would give them like 30. He could steal a game. Yeah, he could. He could you know? he could definitely steal a game. I don't as as talented as Andre Drummond is, I don't think he I don't think he could steal a game the way Kemba could steal a game. And so I think this is I think it's blankets. I think it's a sweep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like we said, we don't want to spend too much time. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Uh this one was a shock to many people. The Raptors lo- drop game one um, to the Orlando Magic. What were your thoughts on this? Was it same old Toronto for you? Because I didn't feel that way, man. If you look at the Raptors historically, for the most part, they always struggle in game ones. Just like no, no matter what, it's like game one. They just don't like get up for it. I don't know what it is. So they lose 104-101 to the Magic. Uh, shout out DJ Augustine. Went crazy. 25 points. Hit the big three at the end of the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say same old Raptors. I would just say you know same old Kyle Lowry because he's just historically struggles in the playoffs. And um, you know, obviously he turned around in Game Two. Um, you know, hit some threes, he hit some shots. But um, I, I personally wasn't worried. Um, what I love about the Raptors team now is like, you know, Kawhi spent so much time resting during the regular season. It's it, it's 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 time to unleash him, and then obviously have. Uh, and you're kind of getting a gl- you know you're catching a glimpse of why Kawhi is so great. Um, uh, yeah, one eleven eighty two in game two. Um, it's 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 bro Pascal Siakam. Now that I look at the box score, um, he can kind of he's a lot better offensively than he was at the start of the season. His hand is a little bit better. He's a little bit more creative when he's getting to the cup. Um, he's a beast on defense. But dude, thirty seven from Kawhi Leonard. Um, 22 from Lowry, kind of in a bounce-back game. Danny Green's a vet. He didn't even score any points, but he played 22 minutes. Those are kind of important minutes. Um, so, you know, it, this, this is probably going to be a 4-1 series as well. You know, I, I don't see the Orlando winning another game, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I'm just I'm glad to see Kawhi getting his legs under him and kind of just, you know, pedal to the metal, unleash, no more rest. Um, and obviously just super impressed with uh, Siakam. But kudos to the Magic, man, because TJ Augustine is, is a journeyman in every sense of the word, and he kind of reminded people that that's not Jameer Nelson out there. That's TJ Augustine. Um, and, you know, Bamba got hurt earlier on. Jonathan Isaac, one of my guys who I liked, uh, is, is kind of growing into an elite defensive player, something that I predicted. Um, and so, you know, Vucevic can obviously, you know, score, but... He's it, struggling think, this series, yeah, man. Gasol's yeah. eating him up. And, and like they're also just throwing so many different bodies at him and throwing them off. Yep, they're and Toronto's really good defensively as well. They're disciplined. Nick Nurse is a great coach, and 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 yeah, they're struggling. I don't see them winning another game. I think you know that first game was all it was the it was the all it was all for them, and and you know let four one and let's rest up and let's get to the next series without a doubt. Our boy OG Anuobi, he might be out according to Woj until the Eastern Conference Finals if they get there. Yeah. Um. How much of that do you think is going to hurt them? Depends on who they get next round, right? I um I'm, I'm I still don't know how how the seedings are going to work, but um, well, they would get the winner of the uh, Sixers and Nets. Um, I think it would be a, it would be a bigger blow if they had to play the Celtics. I'm I'm, I'm you know you, you know where I where, where my stance is on the Celtics. Um, Problem is the Nets are have a lot of good you know perimeter players and OG's really good defensively. So I, I mean the, I mean look the, the the Sixers have really good perimeter players as well. So it doesn't bode well for them. But I still think they'd win a series against either the uh, you know the, the Sixers for sure. Yeah, watching the Raptors uh, these first two games, I got a I got a player comp for Siakam. So the word is everyone's pretty convinced. Um, talking to some like fans of the show from Toronto and talking to some people that know the NBA really well, they're, they've kind of penciled Kawhi Leonard out of Toronto after this season. Um, granted, if they win a championship, who knows what happens. But for the most part, he's like checked out. Oh, um, wow. That's what they're saying up there. Yeah. Like he's almost, you know, he had a, he had like a, a mini interview with like Serge Ibaka and Ibaka asked him like, yo, so what's good for next year? And Kawhi like didn't answer. He kind of just like, stone-faced it you know so that's not a good sign so let's say Kawhi leaves and Siakam turns into Jimmy Butler are you satisfied as a Raptors fan 
Yeah, because because like yo, he reminds me like yo. Remember when when Butler first got into the league with those uh, Derrick Rose and Noah Bulls and like Thibodeau, and it was like yo, you're just gonna play 48, 47 minutes, hustle, and just like ball out defensively, and then eventually he developed into a better offensive player. I yep. think Siakam now is a better offensive player than what Butler was in year two. Yeah, but he's just as good, if not better, defensively. So what I'm asking you is. Say Kawhi ups and leaves, and like Siakam, do you think that's like a guy that could keep you relevant and keep you as a? If yeah. if his ceiling was to be Jimmy Butler, is what I'm saying. I'd be happy with it. The only issue is, and that's not an issue at all. He's 25 years old, and he's only been in the league for a couple of years. Um, but that's just because he kind of he he's one of those those older guys, right? Like we kind of criticize players for being 20, like how I'm doing it right now. He's 25 years old. I'm calling him old. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But look, I, I I've mentioned it before. The the Toronto Raptors, when Kawhi didn't play, had a winning record, and it was quite impressive their record. Um, and that's credit to guys like Siakam and obviously your Kyle Lowry's, and and they bring in a guy like Gasol. But um, I'm not too worried about the OG injury. Um, as long as he's back for the Eastern Conference Finals against whichever team that is. Um, so I'm I'm okay, and and. And and we'll worry about that, you know, a little bit later. But as of now, I'm fine. The Brooklyn Nets against the 76ers. Um, yo, you know who would have been a perfect candidate for that Jamal Murray award? Fucking Ben Simmons. Dude, you want to talk about Yo, I'm sorry. He's fantastic. I think the comparisons to LeBron James is why I'm so soured on him. The fact that he can't shoot really upsets me. Yeah. And I mean, look, LeBron wasn't a great shooter early in his career either. Nah, though. but yo, he was at least pulling. Dude. Oh yeah, like there's yo, they're they're letting him shoot. Like they're like, yo, just take the shot, and yeah. he doesn't. It's like, bro, it's crazy. In this NBA nowadays, man, you have to. And he wants to play point guard, and he's really good when he plays point guard. And it's a mismatch when he plays point guard because he's bigger than every point guard. He's a six yeah. eight point guard. It's the same shit when Milwaukee throws Giannis out there at point guard. It's a wrap. He has an advantage over almost every single guard that he's going to go up against but it's like dog they're begging you to shoot and you don't even think twice to shoot and what happens is and i noticed it with the nets because the nets are like playing so far off them is that there's really like two guys in the paint so when beat can't get going yeah um it's it's going to be tough. That's kind of one of the reasons why they liked Embiid to be more of a little bit of a stretch a stretch big this year is because they know that Ben Simmons can't shoot, so you need to space the floor a little bit better. Um, but going back to the series, um, Nets coach Kenny Atkinson absolutely outcoached Brett Brown in game one, and it wasn't even close. And Jimmy Butler was probably the only sixer that looked like he deserved to be on a playoff floor at the time. Um, I kind of want to just call to attention, like I know the Sixers won game two, and, we'll, and and I'll touch on that a little bit after. But if the Sixers don't advance, Brett Brown's getting fired. If oh, that's do, a that's a layup. And if they do advance and they don't look good in the next round, he's getting the boot without a doubt. That's just something to keep your eye on. But look, game two was a totally different story. Embiid goes for twenty three and ten. Um, ben Simmons goes for a triple double. That he desperately needed that. Um, Tobias Harris goes for twenty. Um, Boban had that mid range. Free throw line, jump shot was wet. The you go game. style, bro. I'm throwing the fucking dragons up or whatever, <laughs> winging them. But um, yeah, and I think he finished with close to twenty as well. And so, what I love about the Sixers is is what what I think their strength is is their depth. They have a lot of guys, and it's good to see that uh, more than five guys scored in double digits. I think they had six or seven players uh, score in double digits. So, um, you know. We'll see what Brooklyn kind of brings to the table in Game Three. I'm sure it'll be rocking. I I don't know what to make of the series yet. I'm really interested in watching Game Three for sure. Yo, it. I I really think the key is Ben Simmons because as he goes, the Sixer goes, the Sixers yeah. go, and I I do think it's going to be a lengthy series. I do think this goes six or seven, man. The Nets are like they're 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 annoying. They're like a. You know, Doc Rivers called the the Clippers cockroaches. It's like you can never get rid of them. Yeah, I feel like the Nets are gonna be like that too, man. And Karis Karis is coming along too. You know, yo, I can't believe that this dude is even playing after that injury. Yeah, I mean it's crazy because you know I was watching the jump and Brian Windhorst was on the other day and he said, look, if the if Karis if you get the Karis Levert um, from the what early on, uh, the Nets are not a six seed. Um, yeah, and that's kind of powerful because the Pacers are ahead of them, the Celtics are ahead of them, and 
you know, obviously there's a couple other really good teams in the East, but that's powerful to say that, you know, he'd consider them, um, you know, you know, you know, on par with some of the Eastern Conference elite if, you know, he, you know, if he's back to his old self. So, I mean, look, the Sixers, 62 points in the paint. Um, you know, they shot 56% from the field. Um, so, I, look, it was, it was, a, it was a blow, uh, you know, Nets threw the first punch and then, and the Sixers kind of threw one right back. And so let's see what the Nets can kind of do at home. Hope they need to obviously at least split here. Um, I don't think they win both at home, but obviously splitting splitting would be great. Um, and then you go back to Philly, you know, with you know, if you can steal one in Philly like you stole game one, you know, then then it's a real series. Yeah, I do think it's gonna be fun in Brooklyn. I think it's their first playoff since uh two thousand fifteen. So interesting. Thank you, uh Mother Lamb bringing your boy some water because we thirsty him. Let's get it. Um all right, let's uh we got one more series. That game is currently underway right now. The Celtics up one nothing on the Pacers. Um I, if I if I may, just Yeah, go ahead. I, you've been team Celtics from the beginning. and I appreciate that because when they win the East, you're gonna hopefully I'll you know get some kudos, although I didn't bet on them. Um look, Boston stepped it up on defense without Marcus Smart. You heard Kyrie say it uh post game. You know, he stepped it up. You know, shout out to Marcus Barr and definitely miss him. Um, but they stepped it up as a team in game one. And um, if they do that, this could be a sweep. The Pacers right now, obviously, they miss all the depot. That's a given. That's a given. But the reason they miss him, dude, is because they don't have a guy right now that can kind of get their own shot. It's it's a lot of kind of scoring in the open, you know, scoring in the open court, fast break, you know, playing really tough defense. That's what they do when they hustle. But they're missing a guy like old, old depot that can create his own shot. Um and and that's it. Look, in different defense is an effort thing. They're gonna obviously play hard. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna come down to Indiana getting baskets, and I just don't see that happening. Maybe they they win one in Indiana, um, but for me it's four one, not even close. Listen, anytime you score single digits in a quarter, I think you're in trouble. What's crazy it was kind of close the first half. It was, yeah. Look, they held the Celtics to 84 points in game one. They scored 74. They had an eight-point third quarter where the Celtics scored 26 in that corner, and that's really what ended the game for them. Yeah. Um, when you have all these guys and all these role players coming coming as one, that's fine, but you do need a superstar. And look, for all the heat that a guy like Carmelo would take right, all these years, it's like, well, that's where you need a guy like Melo, where it's like crunch time, He's a basket stopper. He's a run stopper. He's a run starter, right? A team is coming down. They're on a 9-0 run. Who's going to hit that three for you that's going to silence the crowd? Or who's going to hit that three that is going to jumpstart your run? And that was all the depot for them, man. Yo, this guy was an – I had him top five MVP last year. He was having a monster year this year. He gets hurt. All-NBA caliber guy. All-NBA defense. And he, you know, I mean – it's it, it is what it is with him being hurt, but you're right. It, it it comes down to they don't have a guy that can create their own shot, and it's hurting yeah. them right now. Yeah. So I like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know they win the series. Maybe Indiana can steal one, but I think Boston is really, um, you know, they want to use this first round, obviously to to kind of get healthy, right? Because Marcus Smart is hurt. He probably I don't know I don't know what his status is for the next round of the playoffs. I'm not really sure, um, but you know the you know the most rest that they can get, you know more rest the better for them. And I also think they're kind of still working out some kinks from the regular season because this team finished fourth in the East, and a lot of people had them pegged to finish a little bit higher. So they were definitely inconsistent, you know, you know during the regular season. So I think they kind of want to work out the kinks, you know, play to the best of their ability, uh, and get out of the first round and kind of you know you know you get ready for whoever they play next. Let's give a playoff MVP. Now, I know it's just, you know, two games, one game for the most part. But who's the guy you think is uh, is crushing it right now? Uh-oh. Is it time? It's Dame time. Dude, super impressed with Damian Lillard. Like you said, there's people that don't watch him that often. And I'll be the first to admit it. Like, I don't – I haven't seen as many – you know, I, have I watched Portland Trailblazer games? Of course. But I don't watch him as often as guys I'd watch on the East Coast. Um, and his just long-range shooting ability has really kind of taken me, you know, taken me aback a bit. I'm just so impressed with what he's done. Portland's up 2-0. It's funny because, like, you know, before the playoffs start, there's always, like, you know, you know, all these TV shows are, are trying to find topics. And, and, and one of the questions is, like, oh, who's the low seed that could potentially upset, you know, a higher-ranked team? You know, which, you know, where's the upset? And a lot of people picked the Thunder to upset the Blazers. And 
and Dame is is kind of like this. This is not happen. Not only are we not getting swept, but we're not losing. Like we're not losing in the first round. Um, and like you said, there's a path for them to potentially get to the Western Conference Finals, which would be super impressive. Also, so um, for a team that, like I said, got swept last year, and you know, there's you know, there's question marks about the future potentially. If you know, can you keep CJ and Dame there? Do you need to make a move? You know. I think them getting out of the first round and kind of being a, 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 a air quotes upset um, will bode well for them going forward. It's good. It's good for them to build upon. So Damian Lillard, without a doubt, though. I think that's one of the weirdest storylines of the last five years. Like, why, why do you have to get rid of one or the other? Yeah. Like, I think that dynamic works together, and it doesn't seem like CJ McCollum is a guy that. It reminds me a lot of what it is with the Splash Brothers in Golden State. Clay and Steph. It's like Clay don't his, his swagger and attitude isn't like yo I want to be the man like yeah I'm chilling I just want to win. Yeah. So, all right, look, it's hard to not pick Damian Lillard for this. I can't pick Giannis because he's only played one game at the time we're recording. Yeah, I'm gonna show love to Lou Williams. Let's go. Right, that game was super impressive, man. T- to spearhead a 31 point comeback in Oracle, a place that is really, really hard to win in. Yep. Uh, whether you stepped off the gas pedal or not, that's still 31 points. Like you could still go on an 18-0 run if you're the Clippers and still be down double digits. So, and Lou Williams, man, he shot 50 percent from the field. He had 36 and 11. Dude. Shout out to Lou Will, man. That's my playoff MVP so far, and he had a, he had a pretty good game one also. Without a doubt, and like just to kind of just say one thing on that is just like you like you know the the conversation when a team blows a big lead is is did the Warriors lose the game or did the Clippers win the game? And I definitely think without a doubt, yes, you know Golden State made some sloppy plays and they turned the ball over and 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 and, and they blew the lead. But I definitely think that the Clippers won the game. They played really really well down the stretch. Um, and so if you want to kind of ask me that hypothetical question. Did you know? Did Golden State lose or did the Clippers win? It's absolutely that the Clippers won, without a doubt. Yeah, man, and I hope that uh, it, it'd be fun in that series in particular if they could steal one another of the games one. in there. You know, yeah, well, they're home. Yeah, yeah. Lou Williams in Game One had twenty-five, so it's like twenty-five and then thirty-six. Uh, you know what? And Montrell's Harold too. That combo right there, that pick and roll, is really effective there in, in, in the Clipper. Yeah, and and, and Landry Shamit, bro, just a very underrated piece of the trade for Tobias Harris, man. Yo, that that's crazy. How like a lot of people and myself included thought that they might have packed it in when they made that trade, but it they, opened up. They thought the team themselves thought that the, the the team was packing it in. So you're not the only one, man. Yeah, they had a players only meeting, and yeah. then they brought Doc Rivers in, and they're like, "Yo, man, what, what's what are we are we trying to tank?" You know, and yo, think about this. Watching the Clippers, I forgot who said it on Twitter. Shout out to them. They got room for two free agents. And the organization's built really well. Steve Ballmer, Jerry West, uh, uh, I think Lawrence Frank is the GM. I know Jerry West is in is is in the kind of is in like that. a consultant or something. Yeah, right? yeah. And obviously Doc Rivers, like Clippers are not only, you know, set up for success with young talent, but they're also set up for success in the sense that um, they have max for two rooms, two room for two max free agents, and 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 a really really awesome kind of front office head coach and owner. Like it's the trifecta. Facts, facts. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we gave the plugs out in the beginning of this show. We're gonna do something different. We're not gonna plug right now. We're just gonna sign off. Let's that's, do it. That's cool with you. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Peace.